welcome to an episode or another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? I'm awesome, Wendy. How you doing? I am so good. Today is going to be a fun day. Not only are we going to talk about a diet that has a lot of people confused, including myself, um, but we have one of our uh, NASM master instructors that focuses mainly on nutrition, as well as VP of Nutrition Services with DotFit, and of course, registered dietitian, Ms. Kat Bearfield joining us again to answer all the questions that we have regarding the keto diet. So, Eric, let's bring Kat in. Hey, everyone. How's hey. it going? So good. How are you? Fabulous. I'm always happy when I get to chat with you guys about nutrition and fitness stuff. So I'm excited. I got my caffeine ready to go and let's tackle <laughs> the keto diet. And there's no butter in it, by the way, just saying. No, no butter. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get let's let's hit the ground running here. So Kat, with when it comes to keto, and you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of different diets out there, but when we when it comes to keto, what is it? So it is stands, keto stands for a ketogenic diet. And what that means is that your body is producing something called ketone bodies. Now, why would it do that? What causes it to do that? Well, starting with the definition, a ketogenic diet is a high fat, moderate protein, very low carbohydrate diet. If you want to put some numbers to it, you could say around 70% fat, 20, 25% protein, five to 10% carbohydrates. And to go a little deeper than that, you know, you typically don't eat more than 50 grams of carbohydrates per day. And so carbohydrates are the preferred energy source for the brain, the muscles, etc. And um, when you're not giving the body carbohydrates, well, it knows how to survive because that's what we're programmed to do is survive. So it has lots of adaptive mechanisms. And one is switching fuel sources. So if you're not going to give me carbohydrates and that's what my body likes, then the body switches its source to fat. And of course, you guys know we have lots of adipose tissue fat stores on the body. It's our main energy store in the body. And so the body goes, all right, I'll use the fat and I'll turn those into ketones. And guess what? The brain can use ketones as a fuel source. It normally uses glucose, blood sugar, and it will use ketones instead. And, and then you can stay alive for a little bit longer if you can't find food. Or in modern day, it's if you're on a ketogenic diet. <laughs> so, yeah, when you say that and you're saying 70% fat, mm. you know, of course, you know, being, you know, a personal trainer, performance coach and everything, we're always talking about, oh, protein. And the number one source of energy is your carbs. And, you know, now we're thinking about, you know, a keto diet. It seems like, and I know there's a lot of positive research, especially with the obese population, but how can that truly be healthy for you if we're eating mainly fats? Mainly because of the impact it has on calorie intake. So what the ketogenic diet does, when you cut out carbohydrates, which in the typical American diet is around half of, half of their calorie intake, when you cut it down to 5%, 10%, then you're restricting calories. And so what happens is when you restrict calories, you lose weight and it's healthy for people to lose weight if they're obese or overweight. It improves a lot of health markers, cardiovascular health markers, blood pressure, blood sugar, insulin levels. 
And so the health aspects comes mainly from the caloric restriction and the subsequent weight loss. Hmm. Who knew? <laughs> So when it, when it comes to that, you know, and, and again, you're talking about fats, proteins, limited carbohydrates, how does that affect cholesterol? So when we're talking about taking in the, the percentage, the higher percentage of fat intake, and, and mm -hmm. again, when you're talking about blood lipid profiles, mm -hmm. is there an effect on cholesterol? And if so, what, what is it? Yeah. So as you can imagine, you know, um, you know, you got your LDL cholesterol, which is considered your bad cholesterol. And um, there is some debate in the research, but in general, high levels of LDL and specific subtypes increase your risk for cardiovascular disease. And so if you look at the research and doing some prep for this podcast, if you look at the research, some trials do show an elevation in LDL cholesterol. So, and that, those were on short-term trials, you know, four-week trials and some, you know, maybe three-month trials. So, you do see that. And do you see, do we know if it ultimately has a negative impact? Well, the trials haven't lasted that long to, to know, but if you extrapolate out following ketogenic diet for years and decades, you would imagine that it would have a, a, you know, a negative impact on your cardiovascular disease risk. So there's a little bit of a downside in that regard. And most people don't see that happening in their body when they're following the ketogenic for diet for, for weight loss. So, you know, they don't think about it necessarily. <laughs> they're losing weight, so they're happy and not right. necessarily thinking long-term. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I guess one way to look at it is that if you are, um, if you are using this to change overall size, weight, body composition, the immediate, so you're saying the immediate effect is going, going to be an effect in, in an unfavorable response in, in your LDL. But overall, if... If you are managing the total amount of calories, you are exercising and making, you know, good food choices outside of that, then over time, if your weight's lower, your heart is working less, blood pressure is going to get better. And overall, if you're, if you are working, working out and paying attention to your activity, then you're going to affect again, HDL, LDL, and hopefully improve those ratios as well. Is that, is that something that you found or yeah, can we so extrapolate that? Yeah. So basically, are you going to see health benefits? Yes. And certain health markers, it's going to, you're going to see improvement, blood sugar, insulin, um, triglycerides, perhaps um, blood pressure, right? So all these things are going to be beneficial. They're also going to see a negative effect, which is increase in LDL. Do they offset each other over time? We don't know yet. <laughs> we who knows? We don't, I don't, we don't, you know, we don't know. I you guess you could look at observational studies and see, but I don't know that those observational studies have been done because people, how long do people stick to ketogenic diets? Right. It's, it's, that's one of the complaints about it is it's hard to stick to. So. Well, that actually know. kind of brings in to me to like another question that we had for you, but you know, what is, you know, how long do people usually stay on this type of diet, you know, to see, the markers that they're hoping to see, but once they decide that they're done with it, like I'm done with keto, I want to go back to normal living and not have to really look at percentages of what I'm eating. You know, I know that this has happened in multiple other diets when they started going back to everyday life, even if they made positive, you know, choices in their food, they gained weight back. So is that something that, that you often see with someone that, that says, okay, I'm done. I'm going back to normal living. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sort of had this love-hate relationship with it, right? In general, there are some people who it works for them. Um, you know, it's fabulous. They can stick to it long-term. They love the keto lifestyle. My experience is most people that try and attempt the keto diet for weight loss, you know, they have a hard time sticking to it long term. So it's a range. Sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's three months, sometimes a year. But in general, people tend to sometimes cycle on and off the keto diet. They try to stick to the lifestyle, but they have a challenging time doing that. Because imagine 70% of your calories come from fat. So, you know, it's not an easy lifestyle to adapt necessarily. But for some people, it works. For some people, it works. Yep. So we're here talking with Ms. Kat Bearfield, registered dietitian and NASM master instructor um, in nutrition. So Kat, one of the things that we, you know, as far as the effects on the body and, um, you know, one of the things that comes up is you're, you're emitting a certain aroma or a certain smell. Um, can you, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want, no, there's, so no, there's no good way of putting your that. Breath? Your, your breath. Right. Keto so breath. let's talk about breath. Um, yeah, but you know, there's, there's that, can you explain that and anything else yeah. that someone might experience from, uh, you know, changing their diet to, to reflect more of that? The yeah. Keto? Yeah. So, so keto breath is definitely a side, a side effect of, of being on a ketogenic diet. And it's because your body's producing these ketone bodies, right? So the ketones have a distinct smell. So maybe so, sort of a nail polishy smell. Is that how you guys would would describe no. it. So, so <laughs> it's a, sort of this weird, funky, fruity smell, right? <laughs> like, so that, those are the ketones in your urine and in your blood. And so what do people do? They drink more water, they chew gum, they use mouthwash, but it's kind of comes with following diets. For some people it subsides, other people it persists, but yeah, it is a side effect. And another side effect is, um, keto flu, which is basically having flu-like symptoms the first week or two of following the ketogenic diet. And that tends to go away. I'm sorry, I'm burning incense. So that's what you see is, is <laughs> but yeah. the keto flu is also another one, maybe uh, GI distress, you know, constipation or even diarrhea, upset stomach. And, you know, that tends to subside as well with time on the ketogenic diet. You could also have low energy levels. Initially, some people report having better energy levels once they've quote unquote adapted. So it really depends, you know, nutrition is so personal to the individual. It's, it, you know, almost the most common answers you're going to get from most dietitians about a nutrition question is it depends because <laughs> it really does to a certain degree. Those are the, those are the general things that might happen. So Kat, for people that are going to say, okay, I'm going to start keto, like how long does it take? like for your body to get into ketosis, like you're talking about? Yeah. You know, within the first week, you're going to be in it. If you're at five to 10% carbohydrates, you know, the lower your carbohydrate restriction, the lower your calorie intake, the faster you can get yourself in the, you know, into ketosis, you know, cause again, the body goes, I'm not getting enough carbs. So I got to switch fuel sources here. So, you know, within the first week you could be, you could be right in ketosis and, um, losing weight right away, seeing the scale drop down and maybe experiencing some of those, some of those side effects, you know? So another, I, I should say a positive side effect of, of the ketogenic diet, aside from weight loss would be, um, you don't experience as much hunger as compared to other diets. So a lot of people will say on the ketogenic diet, they're not hungry. And of course, you know, hunger, hunger is miserable. 
you know, so nobody wants to feel that. And that's what they like the best about it is one, I just don't have to eat carbs. So it's really simple. I don't have to count calories or macros. Like I just don't eat carbs. Well, maybe I count my carbs um, and I don't feel hungry on it. So people like that and they see immediate results, right? The issue is long-term wise, it's really difficult to stick to in general. Now, when it comes to, you know, and that's a lot of upside. If I, you know, cause there's been times where I've, you know, made conscious efforts to, to watch my calories, limit my calories, watch, watch the macronutrient makeup of, of what I'm actually eating. So when, if you're talking about, yeah, you're, you experience less hunger, right? That's, that's a big thing. It's a huge thing for me because nothing worse than you're, you're oh. sitting there and you're thinking, Hey, I, I can't eat for another three hours. And all you're thinking about <laughs> for the next three hours is like, uh, when's my, you know, what, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to eat it? All that stuff. So, uh, so we're talking about, um, diets and, and, and different things that you can do to, to manage, um, manage your calories and, and the calorie makeup is, um, and I'm, I'm kind of just putting this on you, Kat, wh where does it rank as far as what options there are, as far as managing weight? As In terms of effectiveness? Well, as far as other diet options versus mm. keto, I just, yeah. So professional experience. Well, Probably what most people wonder is which, what's the best weight loss diet, right? That people wonder like, which one's the best for, for how much weight I can lose. And the answer is it's the one you can stick to. Cause if you match calories, right. Whether it's, um, you know, high carb or, or high fat in general, and you match protein, you basically get similar results. That's what the data shows. So it's the one you can stick to now. That doesn't mean that diet's healthy in terms of a nutritional standpoint, right? It's not nutritious. It's not full of vitamins and minerals and, and things like that. But in terms of weight loss, you know, fasting, keto, paleo, all these different diets, you know, they're effective because they restrict calories. So again, I'm going to go back to it's the one you can stick to for weight loss. Do you, uh, Kat, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, keto, usually I'm talking about like my adult clients that have asked me about it and they have either yeah. been on it and I've yeah. experienced some of the smells and, you know, uh, how tired they were when they first started, um, which I found very interesting because they had zero energy for multiple days. And then all of a sudden they came in like a new person. Yeah. But is there, I mean, is there any research or in your experience, I mean, is keto safe for kids? Because we're seeing the obesity, obesity rates now starting in children. Yeah. So would this be something that's safe for a, a child or no? Well, the ketogenic diet was initially developed for treating a neurological disease, epilepsy in kids. So it's been used as a treatment. Um, is it a generally healthy diet for kids? Well, you know, in general, we don't like to restrict calories for kids because they're still growing. And so if you've got, a, you know, a growing and developing kid, you, they've got to have adequate nutrition. And the last thing you want to do is eliminate whole food groups or nutritious foods from them. So if they're obese, then you're going to have, want them to be supervised, you know, and work with a licensed individual to make sure that they're, you know, being monitored and getting adequate nutrition because their growth and development is, is, is in most cases, the top priority is making sure they, you know, they don't have health issues from following the diet. Right. So again, you know, well, talking about kids, when it's funny you bring that up, because if, if this is something again, but not trying to take things away from the kids. But if, if I were to 
let's say have a keto friendly because this is this has also come up with with friends of ours um who you know try and follow, follow they, they've yeah they've they've tried to follow those for themselves and of course it, they, their grocery list looks a certain way um what might a, a, a keto friendly um nutrition plan look like what's on your grocery list when it comes to to doing this kind of formatted meal plan yeah so top of mind is high fat foods right so olive oil full fat dairy um you know nuts fatty fish steaks you know things like that so those are those are top because it's going to be 70 percent of your calories which are coming from fat and then you've got you know some proteins so the fattier fatty proteins maybe even the healthy you know omega rich fit like salmon uh, mackerel um, maybe some tuna that would that would fall into there and then of course of course in terms of carbohydrates most of that's going to come from um, your green veggies, right? Celery, zucchini, you know, jicama. It's not green, but you know, it's a low carb vegetable. And then, you know, your greens, of course, spinach and, you know, all the leafy greens that are, that are out there are going to be helpful. Tomatoes, you know, onions, any low carbohydrate, um, veggies. So the high carbohydrate veggies are the starchy ones like potatoes, sweet potatoes, beans, lentils, peas, corn, you're basically avoiding. Whole, any whole grains, obviously, any any type of carbohydrate source from a wheat product, rice, you know, you don't you don't eat those for the most part. Interesting. So. <laughs> well, those of you guys that are joining uh, Ken Miller and myself on Random Fit, we have a special guest, Miss Kat Barefield, registered dietitian, and she's talking us through the keto diet. And she just went through the grocery list. And I was like, you know what, all of that stuff, check, 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 doesn't sound so bad. And I'm glad you talked about it. Because you know, when you hear high fats, of course, I'm thinking desserts, butter, you know, um, so, you know, bacon. <laughs> so, so it's well, actually, that's, only, that's on there for a lot of people, right? Right. Yeah. But you actually brought in a lot more, Kat, <laughs> a lot more stuff that I didn't even really think about. So I'm like, yeah. but I have that on my diet. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should rethink what I'm eating <laughs> every night. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, butter can be part of it. Baking can be part of it, certainly. Um, you know, but again, we want to focus on what are the healthier sources that don't have a ton of saturated fat on it, right? To our point earlier about raising LDL cholesterol levels and, you know, increasing risk of cardiovascular disease. So it's not so bad. Like I said, some people can follow it, but for most, you know, not to be able to have birthday cake or, you know, a bagel or some pasta every, you know, once in a while or potatoes, it, you know, that's difficult for a lot of people. And there's really no need to cut it from a nutritional standpoint, from a weight loss standpoint, unless you aren't able to control your calorie intake. Well, I have, I have one more question for you and I don't mean to butt in, but can, you can ask, I think some final questions if you want, but the one question that I have for you being a registered dietitian, and I know you get questions from people like myself, you get questions from everyone. Is this a diet that you recommend for people? And then what are the, what are the boundaries of like, yes, no, and don't say it depends because there's got to be something. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that. <laughs> yes, no, I'm going to say it depends. I, was, I said that. So I'm trying to think, you know, is this because, I mean, again, you do a lot of the research and you know everything out there and, you know, yeah. not everything, but you know a lot of things and you, you hear about these different diets. Is this one that you strongly recommend for people? In general, no. In general, no. It's, it's nutritionally inadequate 
in a lot of regards, especially if you're trying to optimize body composition, which many of our clients are trying to do. It has a lot of micronutrient gaps, which can create issues in terms of long-term health. And it's difficult to, it's difficult to stick to. So it, it's not my favorite thing, right? But if someone is, maybe has issues with blood sugar control, you know, their blood sugars are super high um, and they, they've tried a lot of other things and they, they need to really, they really need to aggressively lose some weight, then, you know, it might be something to try for sure. It's definitely in the toolbox, but, you know, it's not my favorite tool because I like for people to learn how to change their habits so that they can enjoy their food for a lifetime and not have to be on this, you know, diet roller coaster, so to speak, going on and off different diets. Now, that's a great question, Wendy, uh, because that was pretty much what I was going to ask as far as the rank of things. Is there something <laughs> that you'd put out there? Um, but, you know, to your point, Kat, earlier, is, you know, as far as diets go, you know, the best one, you know, that I took away was, um, you know, as far as diets go, it's, it's the one you're going to stick with. Right. But on top of that nugget, are there any other takeaways that you'd want our average listener to want to kind of pull away from this uh, from this podcast episode? Well, again, I, I think, um, you know, it, Wendy, it depends <laughs> on, <laughs> on what the listener is trying to achieve. But the keto diet is not inherently superior to other weight loss diets. You know, there's no magic about it. There's no, oh my God, it's just better because it's the keto. No, 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 no. You know, so it's what can you sustain it? And what can you, what can make your, you know, what can make it a lifestyle for you that you can keep up with so that when you do want to achieve that weight loss goal, assuming that's what you're looking for, it stays off. It stays off and you're not putting your long-term health at risk. So yeah, you're going to probably lose some weight. Your cholesterol is going to, not your cholesterol, I shouldn't say cholesterol, your you know blood sugar, your triglycerides, you know, your blood pressure, all of that stuff's going to improve. But then if you're missing micronutrients or you're losing too much muscle tissue, then what's the cost? So that's something to look at as well. You know, missing micronutrients means you can put yourself at risk for chronic diseases later on down the line. You know, losing muscle down the road means you might have functional decline and you increase your risk for falls and fractures. So, you know, what's the cost? You got to look at that too. You can't just be short-sighted. So as a dietitian, if some people want to follow a diet, it's like, okay, let's look at your diet. And then, okay, these are some of the nutrient gaps in your diet if you're going to follow this plan. So let's plug those nutrient gaps in. And it's no surprise. You guys know I'm the VP of Nutrition Service for .fit. So, okay, you're missing omegas. Let's plug that in. You need a multivitamin because we know you're not getting all the vitamins and minerals, right? You know, so those are the things that I get to do is I get to plug in the gaps. And everybody can do that. Really, you don't have to be a dietitian, but you've got to take it into consideration. All diets reduce vitamin and mineral intake. And vitamins and minerals are essential to life and your body can't make them except for vitamin D when you get sunshine. So you got to plug your gaps because your long-term health matters too. So can you be on keto and take all of your vitamins that you need or will that counteract? And well, out. as they say, not everything replaces whole foods, right? So you're not going to get adequate amounts of a wide variety of fiber from vitamins and supplements, right? So, but you can get a lot of the essential nutrients with supplements. You can get your B vitamins and your fat soluble vitamins and, you know, you can get omegas, et cetera. 
Um, but certain things, you know, you know, you can't replace whole foods. So we like to complement a sound eating the best you can with the right supplements that, you know, complement each other. Nice. All about it. <laughs> all, all about it. And nowadays, you know, you guys know we go, we rant about this all the time, you know, following a diet can give you weight loss, but people don't think I, I don't see my bones deteriorating because I'm not getting enough calcium. I don't feel that happening in my body. So I don't think about it. Well, okay. Well, when you get weak bones and you end up fracturing your hip and you have to have surgery, it's unfortunate that people can't see the nutrient gaps in their diet occurring in real time. Cause if they could see it occurring in real time, then they would plug their gaps or they would make better choices. Right. And that's the problem with micronutrients is you can't see it happening. It's insidious. It's slow. So well, I know for myself and my clients that, that are on it, I ask that they do get their blood work done. I do ask that they look, you know, have a registered dietitian look to make sure that they're staying within, you know, healthy levels of where they need to be. Um, you know, because again, I, I personally, I could never do that type of diet. I've seen it done and I'm like, I, <laughs> Know, the um, the excess stuff that people are eating and then they're not hungry and I actually have to spend the day with them about to eat my arm and they're like oh no I can wait till dinner and I'm like dude I gotta have lunch so I'm piecing out you know um, yeah but yeah you know, it's 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 it is amazing to me um you know and, and like I said I've seen some people that have and they look amazing and uh and they swear by it but then I have others that ended up having some health issues as you mentioned because they did do their physical. And the first thing that their doctor said was look at your cholesterol. That was the number one thing that stood out the most because so look of at their LDL cholesterol. Yes. Their, their yes. cholesterol You're like, what did you do in one year? Yeah. What have you done? And it was right. just, it was very significant for this particular individual. And so, yeah, um, no, I've had the same thing. I've had the same thing happen on my end, you know, and then we didn't even talk about this, but with exercisers, if you're, if you're an athlete or a high intensity exerciser and you're only getting 50 grams of carbohydrates a day, you're going to have a hard time working your hardest and doing high intensity activities. So, you know, because your body's running off an alternate fuel source, it likes carbs, muscle likes carbohydrates. So, you know, and then some people, what they do to get around that is they'll eat carbohydrates around their workout. So they're sort of on this modified keto diet. <laughs> so that's how they'll, they'll tend to get around it. But, you know, again, there's, there's pros and cons to every diet really. And so we probably should right. dig deeper into some of the other ones because, you know, pros and cons for everyone, but at the end of the day, can you stick to it? And can we do the best we can plugging our nutrient gaps as, you know, as much as possible, if you are going to choose a specific diet. We have to have you back, Kat. That's what yeah, that means. We're, we're going to have to talk about other stuff now. Other, <laughs> we have but, to. Yeah, we we'll have need to. to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was this was. I mean, this was this was great, and I, I know for myself, a lot of good, useful information when it comes to this because you know the realization that it is about. Again, we've said this on other podcast recordings with you, Kat. It's the best diet is the one that you're going to stick to, right? For weight um, loss. For weight loss, right? <laughs> always throws that in for weight loss. Throw, throw that for weight loss. It really depends. It really yes, depends. and it really depends. <laughs> I gotta qualify it because people take things out of context. Like, what does she mean? It only you know people say this all the time too. So it's only calories that count for weight loss. Yeah, not for general health, right? Not for overall nutrition, but for weight loss. Yeah, it's a matter of 
of calories, really, at the end of the day. I know people don't like that, but that's how the body works. <laughs> from I didn't make the rules. <laughs> that's what you need to put in your signature. That's how the body works. That's how the body works. And it depends. <laughs> that's right. So Kat, hey, thank you so much. I mean, a lot of a lot of great, a lot of great pieces of information as far as what is keto, how does it work, what does it look like, yeah. how does it affect the body. So, I mean, great dive into into this topic. So thank you again. Always a pleasure um having you here with us on, on thank the you, thank show. you. And okay, we will well, we will have you back again. So okay, it's an honor. And I just want to say this because people might think this is weird. The incense that you see flying around, right? It's really a stress <laughs> reducer. It's a form of aromatherapy. So on days where you feel especially stressful, and sometimes maybe you might want to stress eat, incorporating some aromatherapy might help control that stress and might help control your overall calorie intake. So there's a rationale. Okay. <laughs> I know there was just a certain aura around you that coming through on the screen. <laughs> we might as well create the aura we want, right? I want low stress. So, you know, let's create, let's manifest it. Okay, <laughs> hey, we're coming over. We're coming that's, over. That's right. You're that's welcome right. to come over. <laughs> well, so, thanks guys for having me. We'll see you next that. time to talk yeah, about the next time. We will, yeah, definitely have you on again. So, again, on behalf of both Wendy Bats and I, and again, thank you, Kat, so much for being here. Uh, if you guys liked what you had to hear today, like, follow, subscribe, and comment. Let us know what else you want to hear about, especially with nutrition. We'll have Miss Cat Bearfield on here again. So until next time, take care and be well.